I'd like to talk about mindfully disagreeing. Uh, and to start, I'd like to share a quote from the great Bodhisattva, Gandhi. I have only three enemies, Gandhi writes. My favorite enemy, the one most easily influenced for the better, is the British Empire. My second enemy, the Indian people, is far more difficult. But my most formidable opponent is a man named Mohandas K. Gandhi. With him, I seem to have very little influence. Given the current political environment we live in, especially in the United States, this, I, this topic of uh, disagreeing or <laughs> having an opinion that uh, often vehemently opposes somebody else's opinion, something we, I think we run into all the, all the time. In fact, a bunch of people that I, that I work with in mindfulness, this, this topic comes up over and over again. You know, they see so much going on in the world that is so vastly different than what they believe in their own hearts and minds to be the right solution or the right path. And they have a very difficult time um, not feeling terrible about it, feeling hopeless. They think they have an answer. Maybe they do, but they feel an incredible amount of hopelessness and despair in their inability for others to see it the way they do. So it seems, feels very pertinent, uh, feel like very topical. To, to discuss. Before I say another word, though, I want to remind anyone watching this to treat what I'm going to say as an experiment, not as the right answer or a belief or the truth. Nothing in Buddhism should be should be accepted that way as the as the truth. Even the four noble truths should be uh, measured experimentally with your own, you know with your own experience. Does this make sense? Does this, you know, everything in the Dharma is offered that way. This seems to be true and can be helpful. What do you think? Run it through your own machinery. Do you, do you feel that way too? Does it seem true? Is it helpful? If so, carry it forth. If it's not, like if what I'm going to suggest is not helpful, you run it through your own machinery, you give it a try and it's not helpful, then I invite you to please Throw it away like two-week-old tuna. Just get rid of it. Find something else. So treat it as an experiment. It's something that I, uh, I have found great success with in my own mindful living practice of how when I bump into somebody I disagree with, how I can, how I can think of it in the moment it's happening and find some relief from emotional states that would otherwise not be helpful. And so I offer it in this context. Uh, this topic is also pretty close to me. I, I, used to, I used to argue with my dad. He passed away a couple of years ago. It's going on a few years ago at this point. But the years leading up into his death, I would go over to my folks' house for a visit, you know, once a week, something, you know, typical, you know, say it once a week, go over there once a week, and inevitably, uh, some political uh, discussion would come up. And my dad uh, used to, I would say, love to get into these discussions, but I don't think he loved them. I don't, uh, uh, just based on how angry he would get and loud, uh, I can't imagine uh, 
it was it was fun, <laughs> fun for him. And I often didn't say a lot. I just, just maybe a topic. He just kind of knew I probably sat on the other side of him. He's my dad. I love him. I'm, I'm not about to get in some sort of violent, loud discussion with him. Uh, he didn't see it that way, you know, kind of. Uh, he was more than uh, more than engaged, loud, loudly and strongly. You know, to, for me to see his point, to see what what he was trying to say, why why wouldn't I? You know, and it it dawned on me that I never ever really argued uh, politics with him. Not even not even once. The politics, the topics were always just sort of a vehicle. The real thing was riding. And the real thing I was really confronting with my dad was his suffering. And I think this is true with kind of every single political, emotional argument that I run into. That uh, they're really, they're rarely, if ever, about some sort of fact that we're just trying to work out together. What they are is their opinions uh, that are wrapped up in beliefs and stories and conditioning and ego self ways that, that are no longer just sort of this cold, you know, topic or fact. I'm just, yeah, we're, look, we're just talking about this thing that, that's out there and I'm just very passionate about it. But what, what it really is, is I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'm talking about beliefs. I'm talking about something that tunnels very quickly from a Supreme Court decision to an identity that I believe this thing to be true. And I believe it's so true that it, 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 it is a component that defines who I am here, right? And when you disagree or when you threaten it, you're not threatening an idea, a political idea, you're threatening me. Like, I'm the one at risk. That's when, I, when I'm arguing you, you are arguing who I am. And the topic is just sort of the words we're using, but that's why it gets so hot. That's why it got so hot with my dad. I could see it. I could see, you know, as he, as he got older, you know, early 80s, that uh, the world looked very differently to him than it once did, maybe when uh, it was more comfortable or, or it was more predictable, something like that. And so this sort of radical change that he was watching happen uh, was a threat not to what he really thought the country should do, right? <laughs> or, or like, you know, my or my, my child's best interest. It was, it was bumping right up against who he was as a person. And when I saw that clearly, and I could see that there was nothing about this discussion, uh, air quote discussion, that uh, was going to be helpful, but rather I was seeing that this is about him. Then I knew that uh, I, engaging in the details of the discussion weren't going to help anybody. It, I, there was never going to be an argument that, or a, um, a well-crafted well-supported argument that was going to uh, just switch him around and make us, well, oh boy, I'm glad we talked about that. This was great. It was just, I, I could see it wasn't going to happen. So I know from, um, 
for martial arts, and I think the best martial arts uh, instructors or martial artists in the world would agree with me, that the very best way to handle an attack is to just not be there when it's thrown, right? Either by getting out of the way or, or not engaging in the fight, right? That's the best way, right? Everything else, any kind of block or dodge or anything like that or countermeasure is really the, uh, the best of a second, <laughs> second place strategy, right? The best one is just to not be there. And so when I see, when I saw this with my dad, that really we're talking about his suffering, then I know, all right, I can't engage in the way that he's asking me to engage and hope for a good outcome. It's not. And yet I'm kind of stuck. I'm, I'm engaged, right? If, if the point of this Dharma talk was, you know, so when somebody brings up a topic you disagree with, just run away. That wouldn't be very helpful either, right? Because at some point we've got to engage if we're going to get anywhere, right? So it's not about that either. But it is about recognizing that see, meeting suffering on suffering's terms is just, is just fighting fire with fire. And, and in that same way, you know, if he brings the heat, you know, to make a fire you need two sticks, right? Let's pretend he's got one, I have to have the other one, right? <laughs> We're going to make the fire, we rub them together. If I don't bring a stick to his stick fight, Maybe this metaphor is not going so well, but let's, come on, you get you know what I'm saying, right? Like, like we both have to engage in order for, for it to really ignite, right? Uh, if I don't engage in that same way, then, then I can step out of the way, and maybe there's some other way I can approach this discussion. And what I found is that when I stripped away the idea of suffering, and asked myself, what am I left with when suffering is no longer part of it? And I, and I do it to myself, right? I can do it experimentally with, with my own self. When I strip away my suffering, when I strip away um, the roots of that suffering, and we know from the Dharma what the roots of suffering are, right? They're right in the liturgy I just said. You know, suffering is caused by, I want something that I don't have, greed. I don't want someone to have something that they do have, hatred. And the third one, delusion, of which greed and hatred are just sort of versions of. Delusion, not seeing it clearly, not seeing what is going on clearly, right? That's where it comes from. And when I can strip those things away, what am I left with? Well, I'm, I'm left with, uh, I'm left with the same wanting the same things for myself as my dad does. I mean, strip away the political ideas. What if, at the core, what is he after? What does he want? What, what, does he, what does anybody want on any side of any political aisle, unless they're some kind of psychopath or sociopath? They want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. They want to, see, they want to feel free. Um, I, I'll switch it, I'll talk for myself. I want to feel safe. I want to feel secure. I want to feel light and peace and ease, right? That's, that's the bottom line. Strip it all away. And that's the bottom line. That's what I want. That's what my dad wanted. Now, if I can say, that's sort of the ground, uh, ground level 
or of the fact. That's what we want. That's what all people want. That, that's what people in our country, the United States, want. That, I think that's what all people the world over want, right? They want to feel peaceful and safe and secure. And they want to have the opportunity to do the things that, that, that will help them to achieve those states, right? And now we start to build on, well, how are you going to do that? And this is where the political details start to stack on top of themselves. But when I see that common thread together, that this person who is yelling at me, right, he wants the exact same thing that I want. And I don't have to take the bait of the detailed argument where we're just going to fight. I can see him as me. And I can, in this way, start to feel compassionate for him. This is a guy who's suffering. He's yelling at me because he's suffering. This person on social media who's just blasting this argument that is completely something I disagree with, but you can see it. There's anger there, there's frustration, there's uh, a desire to want to fight, right? You can read it right in there. To me, that's suffering. That looks like suffering. It sounds like suffering, smells like suffering. If it's a duck, walks like a duck, <laughs> I'm screwing up all my metaphors. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> but here we are, right? I can see that. I can see it. And I can have compassion. And the moment I have compassion for my dad or anybody, that man, where they're coming from is a place of suffering. And I know not to engage. I'm engaging in a whole different level. I can listen. The kinds of questions I ask are way different. You know, if I can get to that level and talk about those things, what, you know, those bottom ground level things that we share together, then everything changes. And this, I used to experiment with this with my dad and, and, you know, ask, you know, dad, you know, what is the, what's the thing that you're really, you know, what is fundamentally the thing that you're trying to get to? And it would always, I would, didn't take very long to get down to that, that ground floor, you know. I want, I want to be free. I want to, I want to live freely. I want, to, I, I want there to be opportunity for, for me and the people I love. I want all of this stuff. This, you use words that I think anybody would use. Now we're talking about something different. Now everything has changed. Now that it's that martial arts move, right? Where instead of blocking, countering, getting in there, what I did is I just stepped out of the way of the punch. Right? And, and talked about something that, had, that mindfully we both agree to. Mindfully is stripped away of suffering, is rooted in something awakened, right? Love, compassion, and gratitude, and joy. That's what we want. That's what, that's what he wanted, that's what I wanted. So um, I experimented with him and it worked. So then I took it to other places. And here, you know, please hear me clearly. I, I'm not suggesting this is a path to win arguments. It, it's not that. It's not that. It's a way to encounter arguments and exist in them in a way that, uh, at least for, for myself, doesn't have the heaviness of a fight. In fact, there's no fight at all. I'm not in a fight. I'm not fighting. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm listening. I'm asking questions. I'm, but I'm not fighting. I'm seeing the person under the problem. And I'm, I'm operating from that level. 
And um, with my dad, this was always enough. You know, it would always wind up uh, talking about something uh, much lighter. You could feel the whole room sort of lighten up. Uh, and we wouldn't get anywhere in the, in the conversation, right? It was enough with my dad just to get here. But if folks that aren't my dad, then I suggest this is a good place to start, right? If we can get to this place where we identify, and I mean, we form explicitly, raise them up. This is what we're interested in. We're interested in, in, in this awakened state that you get to have it and I get to have it, and how can we do that together? If we use that as the starting point for whatever details we want to discuss next, we may disagree on the details, but the whole vibe is much, much different. So what, I, what I'm suggesting is see the person underneath the argument. See the suffering in the, in the vehemence of the words they're using. Know that they're doing it because it, it's, they believe that their very identity is threatened. And if, if you see that, try to meet it with some compassion and see, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to hurt, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to take away their, their very identity. I also, you know, recognize that those identities might not be formed on the, on the, on the healthiest stuff. And by fighting them, that's not going to help them with that issue either. So what, what can I do instead? And of course, if I, can, if I can listen with compassion, if I can see the person underneath it, it seems to be a good place to start. I hope that's helpful. Um, reminded me, of, in closing, of another quote. Uh, if you've ever read uh, sort of a seminal classic in, in, uh, <laughs> in spiritual literature, Ram Dass, his book, Be Here, Be Here Now. Pretty cool book. It's, you know, it's square. You turn it vertical and you kind of read it <laughs> vertically. It's made out of, uh, you know, like uh, uh, grocery bag paper, you know. Pretty, pretty interesting. And there's a panel in that, in that book where he talks about this, where he says, um, if you're in polarity, duality, then you're creating polar opposites. And he says that uh, hippies create police and the police create hippies. You know, they have these opposite, opposite beliefs and they go against each other. And it is just that that creates the polar opposite between the two of them. And he, and he suggests that you can only protest effectively when you love the person whose ideas you're protesting against as much as you love yourself. He wrote this back in 1971 or something like that. And I, I believe that still holds as true today. I hope this was helpful.